I'm Nicole Holcomb, attorney by day and podcaster by night, a former educator, school counselor, and administrator, and mom to a nine-year-old daughter with dyslexia, who loves all things Harry Potter, Minecraft, and science. A few years ago, she was identified with dyslexia, and our lives seemed to turn upside down for a while, quite literally. I created the Dyslexia Mom Life podcast to help you navigate the upside-down journey of dyslexia. You got this. If you're wanting to thrive as a mom in this dyslexia journey, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. You are listening to episode 84. It is hard to believe that we are sitting at, wow, about a week until August. Wow, the summer has really just flown by. I hope that you and your family have found time this summer to really relax and recharge. I know we have. It's been a great summer. We've spent time with family and friends. We made memories at the beach. And we've even taken a day trip to explore a nearby city. Like they say, all good things must come to an end. And summer is definitely included in that. Here in the Atlanta area, schools are starting back in just a week or so. At our daughter's school, though, we have three more weeks before she starts fifth grade, so we are squeezing in as much family time as possible. And as I think about the upcoming school year, I wanted to spend some time today sharing my thoughts about how to talk to your child's teacher about your child's dyslexia. The first thing I would say is that you should spend some time really thinking about what you want to share with her. Think about this as the first, the first impression she has on, for your child. So one of the things that I recommend is that you send your, te- your child's teacher a letter or perhaps even a video. If you go back to episode nine, we released an episode on the Dear Teacher letter that talks all about this. But I want to spend some time this year expanding on that. So what you would do in a teacher letter or video, either one, is that you would introduce your child to the teacher. And the reason that these additional pieces are good, I mean, for us, we will get a phone call introducing our teacher to, you know, to us to let us know who the teacher will be. But, you know, it's great for the teacher to have this letter or video to refer back to throughout the school year as needed. And so it's good just to have as a reference from the perspective of the teacher. So what you would do in a teacher letter is you would just introduce your child. You would start with your child's strengths, talking about, you know, what is it that your child really enjoys? What are their strengths? It could be that your child is a very strong math student. It could be that they are eager to please, they're very kind and respectful, that they get along well with others. You know, really just anything you feel like are their strengths. Maybe they have a very, um, you know, strong artistic ability that you want to share with the teacher. Because, you know, sometimes teachers may see students kind of doodling on their page and think, well, they're just wasting time when really that could be a strength that they have. So be sure to share that if that's the case. And In addition to that, really sharing some interest, because many times teachers can put together the interests your children have with, 
you know, some activities they're doing in the classroom, help spark some interest. And then when they're selecting material throughout the school year, they can tie it back to the interest that their students have. And it really does help bring those lessons to life for your child. And, you know, it helps the teacher as well because, you know, she she may not know up front what your child is most interested in. If your child's real shy, um, they might not feel comfortable even sharing that information. So, you know, the strengths and the interests are important. But probably the thing that comes to your mind the most when you think about a teacher letter is really sharing the challenges. You know, what are some challenges your child um, may be facing? You know, is it due to a diagnosis of dyslexia, dysgraphia, ADHD, anxiety? I mean, the list goes on, right? (laughs) How does it look, though, for your child? It could look very different for your child than it does for my child. Uh, my daughter's going in the fifth grade, your child may be going in the second grade or the 10th grade. So it could look very different. So you may even share with the teacher that, you know, there are some challenges for your child and the challenges, you know, are due to this diagnosis that, you know, the child may seem that they forget their homework or that they're not, um, you know, not working quick enough or, or maybe it takes them longer to do assignments. And, that could be maybe part of their dysgraphia or their executive functioning. And so having those pictures and understanding more of that information and really giving some concrete examples of what they might see. Um, Let me give you a quick example. I can think back even to pre-K with our daughter. They would say, she's so slow. It just takes her forever to do something. And, you know, she even mentioned that this, this last year, you know, it seems like I'm the last one to finish in math. What was interesting to think about with that example, though, was I told her, I said, yeah, and you have the highest score in your math class. So just because you are taking your time and you're finishing, maybe, well, maybe your um, your student next to you is finishing very quickly, that doesn't mean they understand the material or they're really thinking it through. And so she does. She's very methodical. She thinks things through very deeply, and it takes her longer. Some of that is her dysgraphia. Some of that is processing uh, for her brain and how it, how her brain works. And at the beginning, it could look to a teacher that maybe she's not um, trying hard enough or maybe she's just not working quick enough because she's off task. But it could be that it's just taking her brain a little bit longer to get where it needs to be. And so sharing that information up front can help a teacher understand your child better and not make assumptions about your child with that lack of information. I do, though, want to put not a caution, but just a, a little bit of a tidbit here, which is a little advice. I wouldn't spend a good amount of time in the letter, though, going over your child's history. You know, they should have access to your child's information in the school file. Because, you know, you don't have time to go all the way back to, you know, six years ago. You want to bring things up, though, that are currently relevant that your teacher needs to know about and that you want to share with them so that they way, that way they understand. If you're dealing with a recent diagnosis, then it may be that you need to give them a little bit more reference there. If your child is struggling, let's say, with anxiety, maybe they're shy, this is some information that would be relevant and helpful because as the teacher is, you know, getting to know your child and um, interacting with the class, it's, it's important for them to know that those are some pieces that your child is working through and how they can support your child through those pieces. 
The next thing, though, I think is just, you know, an incredible opportunity at the beginning of the school year. You know, depending on where your child is as far as what school they're at, um, our child is at an, an immersion school, so every teacher is trained in dyslexia. However, that doesn't mean that I might not need to provide some information about anxiety or some additional um processing concerns that we may have with the way she processes information or to just remind the teacher that there is, um, you know, even with children, let me just say it this way, even with children who are dyslexic, who are at dyslexia schools, every dyslexic looks different. Every child looks different. Every struggle is different. Every journey is different. So although they're trained in how to teach reading, there may be some other pieces, social, emotional pieces that you want to make sure your teacher is aware of. Now, if you are not in a school that is um, a school for dyslexia, and so your teachers are coming with with various backgrounds and experiences, you know, this is a great opportunity to ask, you know, you know, it it could be a little um, kind of uncomfortable to say, you know, well, how much experience do you have with dyslexia? It might put someone on the defensive. If you ask questions about, well, how much training do you have teaching struggling readers? It really puts people on the defensive. So what you could do is you could say, you know, my child is dyslexic, dysgraphic, whatever it might be. And you know, I'd love to share some resources with you. Um, I'd love to, to give you an opportunity to learn more about, you know, how my child best learns. And, you know, if you, if you come from a... Um, maybe from a more of a service spirit, because our teachers really do want to do what's best for our children, even teachers who may not have gone through an education program that really sufficiently explained uh, reading as it relates to what we know about reading and the science of reading. So it's a great opportunity to say, you know, may I share some dyslexia resources with you? And some of the things that you might want to recommend is the Overcoming Dyslexia book that we we talk about in a lot of the podcast. There's many website resources. There's podcast resources. There's many YouTube videos. And what I will do for you so you don't have to hunt and peck and try to figure out, you know, what's the best resource to provide them. If you will go to dyslexiamomlife.com to our website and look for this particular episode, then what I will do there in the show notes is I will provide you some additional resources that you can share with with the teacher. Now, keep in mind, I do have episode nine, which talks about the Dear Teacher letter, but I'm going to expound on that. I'll give you a link to that there as well, but also just give you more resources this year to continue to help with with bridging that gap, especially for teachers who, you know, may not be as familiar with dyslexia and might not really understand all those pieces. And so, you know, like I said earlier, let's, you know, do your very best not to put someone on the defensive at the very beginning. Sometimes, you know, depending on how we approach something can depend on how someone receives it. And, and you know, you can't control how someone's perception of the information is. But asking someone an open-ended question like, may I share more resources with you? Or if you would like to learn more about dyslexia, here are some resources. So there's different ways of language you could use in the letter depending on, you know, uh, how well you might know this particular teacher. Now, another piece I want to talk about is setting the tone. 
setting the tone at the beginning of the school year, whether it's through a, you know, a teacher, a dear teacher letter or video, or if it's that phone call to say, hi, I'm Miss Smith. I'm going to be your child's teacher. Or you have an open house where you get to go in and meet the teacher. Um, Keep in mind at an open house, everyone is there. It's not really a best opportunity to go in depth for what your child might need. That might be a great opportunity to hand, you know, hey, I I provided, I have a little welcome letter for you that tells you more about my child. I know you might have limited time tonight, but I wanted to make sure that you had some information that might be helpful. And so again, kind of keeping in mind the context of what's going on around you and being mindful that there are other parents as well that want to make sure that the teachers have what they need for you know, to know about their child. But it is important, even during that open house, though, that you set the tone at the very beginning of one of collaboration, because this needs to be a collaborative experience for you and the teacher. You are on the same team. You are working together to you know, educate your child academically, socially, emotionally, you you are all together, working together on the same team. And it's also essential for your child to see that and to know that you are working and you are investing in those relationships and that it's important to you that you work together with the teachers. And so they're watching, right? We're their first teachers. And so they're watching how we interact with the adults around us. I am mindful that for some of you, you may have had a very difficult situation in the past, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes, how to address that. Another piece, though, that I think is also essential is in the teacher letter or in a follow-up to ask the teacher, you know, I would love to know some ideas. And and this, I like this piece. Let me tell you a, a moment real quickly about what we're going to do. I like the piece that I'm about to share because it really does It really does link what we were just what I was just sharing with you about collaboration. So what I would do in the teacher letter is just even ask as you're closing the letter, I would love to to talk or chat about or um, try to think the best way to say this. You know, even put some language around. It's important to us that our child's able to advocate for their needs. Uh, It could be I noticed last year that when my child. You know, struggled with homework assignments. I really encourage my child to speak to the teacher. Uh, You know, this is something we are even working on in our household, and so that's one of the things I plan to do this year is try to partner with the teacher, and for us to think through. You know, maybe there's a goal of you know twice a week that she may ask for something as far as a clarification question, or you know, to have a pass. Uh, to go somewhere else in the school or whatever it might be. So really, you know, or, or it could even be the student going up to let the teacher know, hey, on Friday, I know we have a spelling test. Um, you know, is it possible that we could do that during a different time period? Um, you know, I really don't want to do that in the classroom in front of other students. Or, you know, you know, can we, is there another way that we could do this assignment um, reading out loud makes me very uncomfortable. Uh, maybe it's a writing assignment and the student really struggles with written expression. Then it could be that the student asked to use, you know, some type of um, speech to text or can I do a video presentation? You know, there's a lot of different ways. So, you know, having our children start to be able to advocate for themselves as early as possible is helpful. And if our children can get to a point where they say, you know, I'm dyslexic and so that's very difficult for me to do that piece. Can we think about a different way for me to do this? That's very empowering. 
And so that's one of the things that's on my list this this year to work and work collaboratively with teachers on is to really brainstorm together what are some ways we could encourage my child to practice some self-advocacy skills. So really starting off with some really easy softball questions and then hopefully moving into a position where she's able to raise her hand and say, you know, that's that's not something I can do. I'm dyslexic. You know, what, what does that look like? And it's going to look different for different children as far as their level of comfort. It could be that they send the teacher an email, you know, once a week to say, I need some help with this. Can we meet before school? Or can you send me some additional information on, on, on this or a clarification question on a homework or an assignment? So it doesn't always have to be face-to-face. It could be just teaching them how to really advocate for themselves. And collaborating with the teacher is so helpful because when you tell your child to do something, they may be shy or they may have anxiety or they just may not want to do it. And so when you collaborate with the teacher, they can also provide some prompts um, with your child to remind them or to maybe even uh, say, uh, you know, thank you for that email you sent me. That was very helpful. I hadn't thought of that from that that question that you had. It was very helpful. I'm going to actually share the answer with all of the class. And so it just gives another way to continue to encourage the self-advocacy skills, which are so essential for our children to learn. And I don't know about you, but I appreciate when others let me know that they see me and they appreciate the work that I'm doing. And you know what? Teachers are human. <laughs> I know you're wondering sometimes, but but what we are and they are. And so, you know, it is so helpful for you to let the teacher know in that teacher letter or in that open house or both to say, you know, I really do appreciate you. I'm so excited for my child to be in your class this school year. I know that there are just many great things that are going to happen this year. I look forward to my child being in your class. If you have something else you can put in there like, uh, you know, her best friend, you know, sister was in your class three years ago and just can't stop talking about what a great year they had. Or I know that uh, one of your emphasis is in math or, you know, maybe they have a degree in chemistry. My child's very interested in that. So I, I'm just really excited to to see that collaboration between you and my child. Please know I'm here. What what do you what do you need? Let's work together. And so, you know, that goes a long way. I mean, that pat on the back, even that verbal conversation in writing, we're excited about the school year. We're we're just delighted to have you as a teacher. And that goes a long way, folks. It, it kindness really is everything. Kindness and collaboration. And I do want to touch on real quickly, just for a few minutes, you know, if you've had a bad situation in the past, and we've all been there where we've had a bad experience, you know what, the beginning of the school year is a great time to have a reset. (laughs) I know you're thinking, uh, yeah, I don't think so. But if your child is going to return to a school building, it is essential that you have that collaboration. And sometimes that means that we have to take the first step. We have to take the first step as the parents, not only to show our child that we too can forgive and move on, but also to show our child that we can do difficult things and we can push through difficult things and have a successful experience. But we can't do that if we go in with a negative mindset that the sky is falling and nothing is going to work. We have to go in 
with that collaborative spirit, with that kindness, knowing that we're all going to work together to do what's in the best interest of my child. And if you get to a point where the relationship is so broken, you're not able to do that, it's time for you to look for a new opportunity. Okay, that's all I'm going to say on that. But if you are not able to get your mindset at the very beginning of the school year in a place that you can reset and show kindness and collaboration, I'm just going to be honest, it's going to be a long school year. And so you really want your child to have the best experience. I know you do. I do. And some days it is difficult when things happen and you don't understand the why behind it or the circumstance behind it. And so I think sometimes we we all are human as well as parents, and we want our child to be to, to be successful and having a successful experience, but they're going to be some bumps in the road. They're going to be some difficult experiences. And how we react to them is how we teach our children to react to things in the future that are difficult. So let's have a reset. Let's show appreciation, kindness, respect, and collaboration. Let's share our children's strengths their interests, their challenges, and why they have them, and what strategies have actually helped them through those challenges. If you know of things that have worked in the past at home or at school, you know, don't let it be a guessing game for the teacher. Go ahead and say, you know what, when my child highlights the key words in their notebook when they're taking notes, we found that to be so successful for them. Share those pieces with them so that the teachers can set your child up for success And then they don't have to spend weeks or months trying to figure it out on their own and really experiment with what might work because, you know, many children are too shy to speak up or they too are getting settled in the school year. So you are your child's best advocate and you know your child best. So why not position the school and your child for success? I know that's what you want. So as you start a new school year, I want to know, I want to hear from you. How can I help? You can email me at Nicole at DyslexiaMomLife.com. I look forward to our conversation. And remember, you got this. Have an amazing week.